welcome to another Corn Nation overreaction. And after this weekend's loss to Colorado, I don't know how much of this is going to be an overreaction, how much of this is going to be stone-cold hard truths that this guy is going to have to admit to. Yeah. Let, let's let's dive into it. Uh, I'm Greg Mahochko. Over here, nope, over here is uh, Hoss Reuter. Hoss, uh, week two, Nebraska goes to Folsom Field, Boulder, Colorado. Yep. And we were so excited for this matchup. There's a sea of red in Boulder, and uh, and we stepped on our dick. <laughs> we shut it in the dick door. <laughs> I mean, like, look, look. Yeah. I, we're we're just gonna get right out in front of this, folks. If if you uh, are a little squeamish about um, sailor talk, this is probably not gonna be the show for you. No, we're gonna um, use we're gonna use some four letter words as noun, verb, and adjective. I'm the guy. If you're a if you're a regular coronation viewer listener, you know that I'm the guy who says fifteen and zero. Nebraska is gonna win it all. But that's you know it, it's it's a little tongue in cheek, it's a little fun, but it's also that undying optimism that I have in my heart. Oh boy, positive Greg got kicked in the nuts this weekend. I'll tell you what. You know, I always have been known as somebody that I've defended just about every offensive coordinator that we've had at Nebraska, not named Mark Whipple. Um, and we've I've also generally, I mean, some people might think that I treat quarterbacks with kid gloves that I take it pretty easy on them. It's a tough position to play. But I'm just going to call a spade a spade when it comes to our offense. And, you know, it's the offensive scheme is not good. It's sequencing in terms of play calling is not good. And the quarterback, Matt Rule, hitched the cart to the wrong horse. Plain and simple. Um, And... I hate to say it, but that was a common thread in his time in Carolina. He did the same thing where, you know, it was Teddy Bridgewater in 2020. And then, you know, they're trying to experiment with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and a whole litany of signal callers. And it's just for whatever reason, he's had trouble selecting the right quarterback. I'm not saying, you know, fire rule because I like Matt Rule. I think he's the guy that's going to get it done. But I think that there is you can't fall victim to the sunk cost fallacy where, oh, well, this is our guy and we're going to stick with him and uh, we're, we're going to win with him. We're going to lose with him. You know, I don't think that's appropriate when it's been seven turnovers in two games. That's that, not, and you can't even execute very, very, very basic things. Uh, aspects of the offense correctly. That was the, all right, let, let's, uh, I'll address that, but, We've seen this is not the first time we've seen a head coach select a a um, a, a quarter horse, a quarterback, you know, whatever, uh, whatever cliche or analogy you want to make, and and ride them all the way to the end of that coach's career. Yeah, you know, I mean, it just it happened for the last five years. Yeah, and uh, you, or you I can, guess four years because you know you can, Casey Thompson came in last year, but. I mean, look at Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez had, a, despite the injuries, had a serviceable career here, but was never good. Well, you could say that every every coach since Tom Osborne. 
they they hitched their wagon to the wrong quarterback in a sense, or they got overly reliant. You know, Frank gets overly reliant on Eric Crouch, and you know we don't recruit supporting cast around you know on the offense anymore. And when he graduates, you know we're kind of dead in the water. Beyond that, you know, Bill Callahan goes with Sam Keller over Joe Gans. Bo Pelini hitched his wagon to Taylor Martinez. Mike Riley probably made a mistake. I mean, I know I've said it a lot that Tanner Lee was playing at a high level at the end of 17, but the fact is he had a slow start. He got picked off a lot, and he put us in a hole to start the season, and that ultimately doomed us back then. So Mike Riley hitched his wagon to the wrong guy. Scott Frost, I'm not sure he knew how to evaluate quarterbacks correctly. Because I mean, you look at the guys that he offered and the guys that played, it just it just didn't work, you know. And so that's there the was common, an intellectual disconnect. Yeah, an intellectual disconnect, and that seems to be a common theme over the past twenty five years of Husker football: quarterbacks and turnovers, and we're and picking the wrong quarterback. And so it's really disheartening to see somebody. I mean, it's just par for the course for Nebraska to bring in the leading turnover you know i don't even know what the exact words would be let's let me rephrase that but it'd be it's par for the course for nebraska to bring in a transfer from the quarterback who leads the nation in turnovers over the course of their career and to quote denny green they are who we thought they were that's gonna say it at some point it's not a fluke you know it's not the exception it is the rule no pun intended yeah. Um, yeah. And R-U-L-E, you know, not R-H-U. Right. I saw, you know, there was a graphic uh, today before some of the many turnovers that said that Jeff Sims uh, with 34 turnovers, I think, to that point uh, was the, the I guess, I'll, I'll paraphrase what the graphic said, but it was like basically the least trustworthy quarterback in the Big Ten. You know, I had, had more turnovers than any active quarterback in the Big Ten. I was like, and, and he's only been here two games. <laughs> I mean, it's, but, it's, but that's, it's it. What's the term in baseball? Bad pitcher that gets shelled a gas can. Sure. Like, yeah, gas can dumping gas on the fire. He, he's a gas can. He he makes the situation worse. And like, again, this is purely football. I think that nobody is attacking anybody on a personal basis. It's just about football. You know, because I know a lot of times everyone will always say, well, you know, they're just they're, kids. Well, it's like, kids. oh, they're, they're 18, 22-year-old college-age yeah. adults. They're making good NIL money. They're open to criticism, you know. If, and I don't know how rabid of a fan base Georgia Tech has. I'm sure they have some. It's probably not the first time Jeff Sims has seen some criticism online. Uh, given his track record, I, I I'll say this, you know, at, at some point I did tweet out from uh, uh, at the number five heart podcast on uh, Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called now. I, and I know what it's called. It's called X. It just feels like a weird thing to say. Uh, like, I feel like Elon Musk is, is going to like start putting together a, a team of, of uh, uh, super powered individuals uh, and go fight Magneto or something. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I said, I, I don't care. I don't care. What, you know, bringing Harburg, Purdy, but Sims is a liability. Yeah. And, and the fact that they didn't make a change, the fact that rule doubled down, 
after after halftime. After halftime, yeah. and would make a change like that is a point that bothers me from the standpoint of Anthony Grant fumbles and we don't see Anthony Grant at all today. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. You know, you're making a point. It's about accountability. You know, in this program, but Ethan Piper has three false start penalties in first two games. He's ki- he he cost us, you could say, the game at Minnesota by that false start on the one yard line. So where's the accountability there? I'd rather reshuffle the deck and put Litovsky in at left guard or reshuffle and put Turner Corker in at left guard and uh, Teddy Prohaska at left tackle. So where's the when accountability he's healthy. there? Yeah, when he's healthy. So where's the accountability there? Because right now, like it's showing the rest of the team that, hey, some people can make mistakes and other people can't. Is it that I'm trying to ask this question diplomatically? Uh, because, but, but you think it's that single digit advantage? Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of a longer leash because you've done some things to earn their trust. Mm-hmm. You know? And I wouldn't call that preferential treatment. I would just say that, you know, they've proven themselves, you know, to have the given the benefit of the doubt. But I mean, when you have a quarterback that can't can't fucking field the snap, and it, the snaps are good snaps. And I saw the excuse come yeah. through about like, well, the crowd was throwing off the cadence and the motion, and yeah. and the guy running across like 118 other quarterbacks every fucking Saturday execute it. Yeah, you know, I, I know that you're not do- saying that, you know, but it's just to, as a retort, you know, like no, yeah, no. I'm, I'm fired up because like if you can't execute the small stuff, if you can't do the little things correctly, you're you're just killing yourself. You're not giving yourself a chance. There, you know? there, and and it wasn't just the, you know, and I I know you mentioned false stars, and it wasn't just the false stars, the the fumbles, uh, the uh, the bad snaps, and 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 loose balls, balls that hit the ground. Uh, on the defensive, the defensive line was not as sharp this week as they were uh, last week in Minnesota. You've been to games at Boulder. Mm-hmm. Have you been to a game at Minnesota? Yeah, yeah, in twenty twenty one. Do your best, and, and maybe Boulder today with Coach Bram. I, I wasn't trying to like impersonate. I'm not trying to like, but you know the emphasis there. I had time, but. Uh, what what's the tell me about the atmosphere like if to the best of your ability compare those two atmospheres would would today in in boulder have been more insane of a crowd than just like a big 10 west showdown yeah yeah because you know you get those trustafarians from southern california and vermont who go to school at cu who don't give a flying fuck about football and cu football until it's a cool thing to do and you know they they do what college kids do. They go to football games, they get drunk, they get rowdy, and you know, they charge the field and they beat a team that they haven't that hasn't been to a bowl game since the Obama administration. They charge the field with one second left on the clock, too. Yeah. I, I saw I'm like, come on now. Yeah. Um so like it boulders a more insane atmosphere, but you know what? It it's an insane atmosphere because they've one, it's Nebraska that's in town. Mm-hmm. Two, they're having a modicum of success, beating TCU, and then you know now they beat us. But here's the deal: 
that team won an 11 last year and they're already flipping the script. I mean, talk about a fan base that could not be less deserving. Of- <laughs> Seriously. Well, we're over here in purgatory, you know? Yeah. And so, I don't know. It just boulders a, it's always going to be a crazy atmosphere when mm-hmm. you're in town. But I, I just feel like, um, you know, there, there were, I, this is, I'm not like, cause I know some of the Twitter was like, oh, did you see that was like, no, it was just dumb mistakes, you know? And, and I don't know, maybe this is uh, the, some of the beef with opening up the season with a, a division opponent. Uh, I, I'm not against playing Colorado early, and you know, as a non-conference, but I don't know. Like, there, there's just so so many things that we talked about this last week. It can be fixed. Like, it can be there. You know, you, you shore up some of the some of the penalties. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, Gabe. Well, let's let's look at some of the stats. One of the things you you wanted to discuss regarding this offense, and, and we kind of get got an early sidetrack talking about Jeff Sims, is that Nebraska is lacking on the offensive side of guys who can stand out. Yeah, um, we, have, we have no playmakers really on the. I mean, Gabe Irvin's a nice running back, but when you look at the receiving core, Alex Bullock, Thomas Fedoni. Nate Berkacher, Billy Kemp, all those guys, Marcus Washington, they're not exactly what we need. They're yeah. not gonna they are not gonna put fear into Big Ten defenses. They are not gonna put fear into any coverages, any defensive coordinators. We are pretty I mean, like not pretty pedestrian. We are we are flat out bad on offense. One dimensional. One dimensional, and we don't even do that all that well. Um, I, I want to talk about, you know, they, they definitely did uh, run Gabe Moore. He had seven yards, I mean, seven carries last week. He had seven carries in the first 10 minutes of the game. Ended up with 17 carries for 74 yards. Uh, Jeff Sims, of course, had the big carry, which went for the touchdown. Um, you know, Ramir Johnson got a few more uh, touches than last week. Uh, you mentioned um, – Billy Anthony Kemp. Grant, Anthony Grant, uh, on a milk carton this week couldn't be found. Um, and depending on the Husker fan, they may be fine with that. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta at least give the kid a shot. I, I give, give the man a shot to see if he's going to do something different uh, when when you're struggling and you and you can't pass consistently. You at least have to. I, I, I don't know. Uh, run Gabe Irvin as much as you can, but provide some different looks here and there that that's I, I don't know I would not have been upset if we saw Anthony Grant come in a few times today yeah I mean at, at that point it's accountability I, I get the accountability standpoint but other guys are making a shit ton of mistakes and you're they're being allowed to play through them yeah and so you know that leads to the point the next point that I want to talk about you know with maybe uh you know we backed the wrong horse at the quarterback position, and maybe Casey Thompson shouldn't have been so quick to be pushed out the door. You know, um, that what are his stats from FAU? You said you were going to pull those up. 
So uh, ESPN hasn't updated stats from today, but in the win last week against, I, I believe, Monmouth, uh, he was 20 for 25 for 280 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. The longest pass was 72 yards. Let's let's remember that. It's Monmouth. Yeah, it's Monmouth. Uh, we we remember so many of, of his key passes last year because he was thrown to Trey Palmer. Yep. Um, and Trey Palmer did a lot of that work. Well, and I mean, that gets into also some other things where, hey, say Mickey Joseph doesn't get himself in a little bit of hot water there at the end of November, is he retained by rule, which I think was the direction that it was heading. Um, if he's retained, is DeColdis Crawford still on the roster? Is Omari and Miller still at Nebraska rather than at Colorado? Is um, Trey, Trey Palmer, Palmer still in Lincoln rather than in the NFL? So there's a lot to be considered there because you got to think that maybe, just maybe, um, this offense could you know could have used a few more playmakers from last year that still had some eligibility. Yeah, yeah, and you know as you talk about that. Very thin. Maybe not. I mean, like the numbers are there, but the, the experience experience uh, on that water. The the question is, I because of Matt Rule's year one rebuild histories at Temple and Baylor. I almost like we're two games in. I don't want to be like, all right, well, you know, it's going to be a one and eleven, but next year it's going to be nine and three. I don't want to, you know, completely. And better not, by the way, if it's one and eleven, that means we've lost to either Northern Illinois or Louisiana Tech. Oh no. Oh God. We can't handle another home loss to Northern Illinois. I will say, a- I will say, Greg, you can just hear me out for a minute. Okay. Right? One and eleven. And that one, that one comes on November the twenty fourth against Iowa. It'd be a very nice uh first of all. If we went 0 and 11 to that point, this Husker, place you'd have Husker to Nation would be there. There will be no what, watch. Is it a, is it a home game? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's a home game. Yeah. The stadium would be fucking empty. I don't know. Have you have you met this fan base? I I I feel like 0 and 11. I'd like there. There's a line. I don't know what is. <laughs> there there's a line. I don't know where it is, but. I feel like 0-11 crosses that line. You know, that brings up a point that I remember I wanted to say this like five years ago when we – I think I actually did say it five years ago when we lost to Troy at home. And it's a line from – and I want to – I'm going to look up the lyrics because I don't want to butcher this. But if anyone knows the band The Drive-By Truckers, it's uh, one of their songs, Gravity's Gone. I cannot type for whatever reason. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, when I'm stumbling through the fog, I went stumbling through the fog trying to find a reason for the things I told her. There, she woke some, up sunny side down, and I was thinking, that, no, I was too proud that. to flip her over. It's the uh, so I'll meet you at the bottom if there really is one. They always told me when you hit it, you'll know it. But I've been falling so long, it's like gravity's gone, and I'm just floating. Oh, uh, those are some a little gonna, on the nose, eh? I'm gonna I'm gonna include that uh, video uh, in in the post on this for coronation. When when people are listening to this, go find the article on coronation.com and listen to uh, the drive, the drive by truckers. I'm sorry, gravity's gone. So. Because I I remember 
I discovered that song around the time we lost to Troy and like I was listening to it when I was lifting weights and I was like, yeah, that's that describes Nebraska football really well. Well, lo and behold, five <laughs> years later, we're still sitting here. And I mean, like, where is rock? Like, I was going to ask rock bottom. I was going to ask, did you ever think after that loss to Troy that there was still so much further we could fall down? No, it's like, uh, you know, (laughs) we're like the Michael Jordan of ineptitude. Every time we think we've hit the ceiling, we keep on raising the bar. That's 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 a good and and accurate and very saddening line. (laughs) Just Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm just frustrated, man. One, it's Colorado. Two, it's Deion Sanders with his fake outrage and manufactured controversies and you know it's like yeah keep pulling those receipts chief like you know sooner or later somebody will pull your card when you know they're up 73 nothing on colorado can, can i well while we're mad can i just make you and everybody more mad yeah go for it you know we joked uh last year maybe a year before that like when when the big 12 has their their two go-to institutions leave for the SEC. Like they'll be in they'll be in for World Hurt. They'll be in there with Alabama and they'll be in there with Georgia. And fucking today Texas beat Alabama by 10. Isn't that insane? Like it's there 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 is there is no football god. There is no justice in college football when Texas beats Alabama. You know, and, and we I, lose to Colorado. I will say this too: the uh, the, the the football god, the, or the I, I think of it as like a committee of uh, <laughs> you know legendary football figures, you know, who make up the pantheon of the football gods. You know, at this point, like, can you quit going Old Testament on us? Like, Mate. seriously, like it's it's you know we're. We're in a seven-year drought now from a bowl game. You know, we've had plagues of injuries. You know, we've had weather cancel games. I mean, at this point, it's it's almost uh, it does feel almost biblical. This sort of <laughs> I, I want to look. What I'm about to say may sound controversial. I want to preface it by saying I don't want anything bad to happen to him. But in that scenario where you know, like there are. Um, college football legends in the sky playing cards and making all of these decisions. Tom Osborne would really be on our side when he got there. Yeah. I, maybe Bob Devaney had a falling out with everybody up there. You know, uh, maybe he hit on somebody's wife or girlfriend that he shouldn't have. Uh, I got a preface. I'm not saying that I want anything bad to happen to Tom Osborne. Gotcha. But I mean, it's, but in this, in this, in this crazy concocted scenario, we know we'd have an ally in Dr. Tom. This, this whole talk of, you know, rock bottom, you know, and like it keeps getting worse and worse somehow. It's like, and then here comes, you know, Deion Sanders goes from, he already has them at two wins, you know, and they're outperforming. Like, is TCU very good? No. Are we very good? No. But they're outperforming. They're beating teams they should beat. You know, and so it's really frustrating to see other teams have quicker turnarounds than what we are capable of. You know, it's just we for whatever reason, we just can't stop stepping on our own dick. We have been in turnaround mode since uh, Bo Pelini got fired. 
I'd say we've been in turnaround most since 2003. Well, I, to Even a point. Though, to, to a point, I do agree with you, though, because looking back at Bo Planey, it's like, wow, we had it pretty good. You know, nine and ten wins. I'd take you know, it. it the, the, with, with, uh, all right, let me, let me ask you this. I don't even want to fathom the question I'm about to ask, but I'm going to ask it. Would you suffer a two and ten season this year to go ten and two next year? Yeah. Okay. That and and, and that's at this point. At this point, what's another losing record? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just if we got to tear this thing down to the studs and rip out the foundation and pour a new one. Okay. You know, like we're already two weeks in. We we have a pretty good idea of who we are. And a lot of improvement generally doesn't occur in season. Improvement is something that occurs in the off season and then is just showed in season. So I, I'm really I, I, hoping I think four and eight would be a I think four and eight would be a minor miracle. I'm really hoping that Nebraska can use Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. I would say Louisiana because we got Popeyes restaurants, you know, and, and the commercials in Louisiana, whatever. So I would say Louisiana instead of Louisiana. Well, uh, I apologize. Um, but if we can at least, I hate to say it, but like win those games, get some confidence. You go up against Michigan, you take that with the grain of salt for what it is, but at least after you turn the, the page for Michigan, you you start building into something, you know. You take your lumps early to come out, you know, shining on the other side. You know, um, we use forge in fire and in, in iron sharpens iron, but by God, you put enough pressure on some coal, you might get something shiny at the end of it. Diamond. Um so we've talked a little bit about the the playmakers or lack thereof. I if if the season continues the way it's going, um, I'd almost say someone like Malachi Coleman just keep the redshirt on him. Don't even let him see the field this year. Uh huh. Um, we've talked a little bit about you. I hate to, you know I and and again we've had this conversation in the past too with with other uh, quarterback rooms is. When the starter is struggling, like when Adrian Martinez was having a rough stretch, but he was still out there because he's still the best option, then that means that we need to get some of these other guys developed and developed quickly. That was actually kind of nice to see Heinrich Harburg uh, in there under center. And, and you know, I wish that they would have pronounced Carney correctly. Kearney. Kearney. Um, which oh, let's just face it, Gus Johnson is not a good announcer. He might be the most overrated announcer in all of college football. Um, who who was it? Uh, when when oh, in the first quarter, I think when Bo Ricker caught a pass. Bo Ricker, Bo. tight end Bo Ricker. I was like, and 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 to to his credit, Joel uh, Clat. Next time I was like forfeiture. I was like. Yeah. Well, I noticed that Clatt really carries that broadcast, and he very gently corrects Gus Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was good to see Harburg. I think that he needs to – I think there needs to be an open quarterback competition heading into the next week. Mm -hmm. I think that – The next week? And and we got this high ankle sprain for Jeff Sims too, so we really don't know 
what that's going to look like. So I think it's a good time to really evaluate on reevaluating where we're at. And I think that can be from a schematic standpoint too. Mm -hmm. Um, I like a lot of the bunch sets that we run. I've always been a big fan of um, the stress that that puts on a defense, but I think that right now we probably need to look at how we're going to create space for our offense, you know, give it room to operate. And so we probably need to really look at, you know, adopting more of a spread option um, philosophy, something similar to like what we look like in 2014 under Tim Beck. But I mean, Mir Abdullah ain't walking through that door. At this point, I'd Tommy Armstrong too. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that right now. But um, give me Jordan Westerkamp too. While yeah. we're at it, Annie Bell. Yeah. Oh, I think we need um, to, Jamal we, Turner. We need to really reevaluate some things on a wholesale level, and that includes on the offensive line. I like Ben Scott. I like Noli. I like Ben Hart. It's that left side that's really problematic. The fact that we have so many problems just protecting the A gaps too on that left side, you know, A and B gap pressure between the left guard and center and left guard and left tackle. Um, that's something that really needs to be addressed because we're hampering ourselves from even getting off the ground, getting the offense off the ground when we're giving up pressures really easily like that. Um, from a schematic standpoint, I like the schemes that we run for the most part. I just think we need to do them out of different formations and change mm. the personnel. So, um, and I think the play calling the sequencing could be a bit better as well, but those are things where you hope that it improves as time goes on throughout the season. Um, but again, once we're in season, per your personnel choices are pretty limited. There's no, you know, there's no signing somebody off the waivers or the practice squad, you know, it's who you got is who you got. Yep. So, that's a, uh, that's your dancing partner, so to speak. Yeah. I almost made a uh, a critical error because I was going to say, when's the last time a Nebraska uh, quarterback threw the threw a touchdown pass to a Nebraska receiver? But then I was like, oh, Thomas Fidoni's from Iowa. But it just never ends. He just can't catch a break. Carter Nelson, get here soon, man. Uh, one thing <laughs> that also. One thing that I've noticed is, and it's just kind of interesting, Sims wears the number seven, Frost wore seven. Sims throws the football the same exact way Scott Frost did. Ball Knows the football pointed down. Just a very odd trajectory, the way that comes out. And you're not going to be very accurate when that happens. You know who else wore number seven? Eric Crouch. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Ro oh, God. You ever see Zach the movie Zach and Mary make a porno? Yes, it's been years, but yes, <laughs> the drunk guy in the coffee shop. Look, at, refresh my memory. Football, Roethlisberger's all like, look at, <laughs> maybe you include the clip in the article. I'll throw the clip in for the benefit of uh, the viewers at home. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just I hate the Steelers. I like Big Ben, but I hate the Steelers. You know that you're in my top three of all time favorite or er, all time hated NFL teams, Greg. It's a good thing I'm in your top one of all time favorite Husker team or uh, college football team. So. Uh, yeah, it goes uh, Denver, Green Bay, Pittsburgh. Not like LA. Or, I'm sorry, not uh, LA. Uh, the Raiders. No, I really don't have like the Raiders have been so hapless for most of my life that I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. 
right. But I despise the Broncos. Broncos fans have a lot of the same energy as Iowa fans. You know who I despise? I don't, I almost made Joe this. Burrow. Uh, hmm? Joe Burrow. Uh, I was going to say the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Tom Brady. Personal hero of mine, Bill Belichick. Then, um, I saw a clip while we're talking uh, pro names and whatnot. The uh, the Manning cast auditions. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know if you saw that. I did not. Uh, so obviously, you know, the Manning cast, Peyton and Eli for Monday Night Football. And um, uh, I think it was like Jared Goff or somebody comes in. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm a quarterback. Oh, we like quarterbacks, you know. Uh, and they're going through, he's like, you know, this entire audition list. And then um, somebody calls in. They're like, no, no, we don't. Uh, sorry, we can't. We're, we're awful. And you, you, they go somewhere. It was Tom Brady calling it. He's like, well, they turned me down. I guess I'll go play football some more. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it. I didn't do it justice, but uh, folks, YouTube that one. I haven't um, seen that one yet. We're, we're going to end the show on a positive note. We're going to talk about that defense. Yes. Yes, that, we are. That defense that, that got, that disrupted uh, Shadir uh, Sanders for eight sacks. Couldn't really force him into any mistakes. <laughs> But wait, I, you know, uh, we joked on the well, last, last week. We had eight, last time we had eight sacks in a game was 2009 against Texas in the Big 12 championship game. And I think Ndamukong Sue had seven of those. Thereabouts. Sounds about right. Yeah. But, but now we get beat 36 to 14, even though we have eight sacks. It's just yeah. good pressure. Um, I, good pressure, great coverage. We they were really well coached. You can tell that the defense is really well coached. Um, every the position coaches have gotten their guys to really buy in, and their the technique is really good. The play defensive play calls and their adjustments and their audibles and their you know automatic front and coverage calls that they change to based on what the offense is doing. You can see that they're all really dialed in because there's not a lot of gaps in the defense. You know that an offense can expose. But when you have an offense that keeps turning the football over, any good defense is finally going to kind of break, you know, they're going to break down and they're going to start giving up plays. So, you know, this defense is good enough to win championships. This offense is bad enough to go two and 10. Yeah. Um, Let's break down some of these numbers here real quick. Uh, Isaac Gifford had eight uh, tackles that led the team. Uh, Luke Reimer had four tackles, uh, f- four solo, one assist for five. He also had uh, uh, one and one-half sacks. Uh, Nick Henrich had two sacks. Jamari Butler had a sack. Uh, Jamari Tamin- Butler looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, almost, gosh, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have kicked myself in the nuts uh, if I overlooked Cameron Lenhart and his Dynamite. Look, he only had three tackles, but two of them were sacks for, for nine yards, and he was disruptive. Um, and then you had uh, Taman Lynham, uh, a sack for a 12 yard loss. Riley Van Poppel had half a sack. He was in there with the, the one with Reimer. Um, I mean, it's good to see a lot of those guys, especially young guys, already getting quality reps. And Cameron Lenhart, he looks like a guy who could easily end up as a freshman All American. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's playing at that high of a level. 
built very well. Um, eight sacks for 65 yards, a total of 11 tackles for loss for 71 yards and a fumble uh, that was recovered. Um, just couldn't. With defensive numbers like that, you'd think that we won the game. You would, right? I mean, uh, it, by contrast, Nebraska was sacked twice. It's, I think that the the thing is is that it's so damn frustrating to be to always feel like you're this close, you know, and um, this close, and yet it's like we're playing with one hand tied behind our backs at all times. We've, I'm afraid, honestly, honest to God, I'm afraid that Iowa game is going to end in a two-two tie at this point. No. <laughs> A two-to-one victory, the one-point safety that exists. There is a one-point. There is a one-point safety out there. Hold on. I'm looking this up. I've never heard of this, or at least if I do, it's one point. Safety. When a team trying to score a two-point conversion or PAT turns the ball over, defense takes the ball out of the end zone. That would be. Very difficult to do. <laughs> Haas, don't do that to me. No, thank God. You, you know, I'm going to say this, and maybe putting it out there in the world will ensure that it doesn't happen just because it's so absurd. We, I've always said that we invent more ways to lose than Steven Spielberg writes movies. <laughs> this would He, he directs them. I don't know if he really directs them. You know, I'm not a movie nerd. <laughs> uh the one point safety. I'm proud to say that we have not found a way to lose a game on a one point safety. Knock on wood. There's knock still 10 more wood. games left this year. Knock on wood because <laughs> I would, at this rate, it would not shock me if that happened. It really would not. I just, you know, I'm still the eternal optimist. I know this thing is going to get turned around, but I'm also finding that I'm just very impatient because, you know, I. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, as we've established before, like I was not following college football in the 90s. So I've never known, like, I mean, I, I've known successful Nebraska teams, but I've never known a uh, upper echelon, top tier Nebraska football program. And like, as we were talking before we started rolling, or before we started recording, is like, I'm old and I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm far more out of shape for my age than I ought to be. And I don't know how many years I have left in me, Hoss. <laughs> and I just, I just want to see Nebraska win it all again before I kick the bucket. I thought the same thing. Where I'm, I thought the same thing. Where I'm like, man, I've been following this program as a diehard fan since I was 11. Mm-hmm. I'll be 33 in November, and I'm like, come on, like, am I ever gonna see the kind of year that I want to see out of this team? <laughs> because here's the deal. I'm starting to also be like, you know, like at some point you're reeling in the years. You don't know what happens, you know, like I'm not planning on leaving anytime soon, departing this mortal coil anytime soon. But at the same time, you know, like you never know. I want to put this out there. Um, This is going to make some people mad. So. Is that right? No, that's not right. Okay. If Nebraska doesn't, if it doesn't work in Nebraska, Wyoming's right there and they're 2 0. 
Craig Bull. I mean, they got a challenge because they're they're going to Texas next week. But imagine if Wyoming beat Texas in Texas. Are you the week after the week after Texas beat Alabama. Are you saying that you're going to start rooting for Wyoming? I'm just saying I've never been to Laramie, but by all accounts, it looks like a very beautiful. Um, Do you need to buy you a cowboy hat? I no, I don't. I, I you see that? Hold on, let me see if I can do this right. That's the last hat that I bought. Yeah. I don't even wear it. Looks like a Chiefs hat from here. It's not. It is a Letterkenny Irish hat oh. from the show Letterkenny. If you have Hulu, you would really enjoy Letterkenny Hoss. I've heard of it. It I'm it's familiar, it, vaguely familiar with it. It is. Uh, it's rural, but it's smart rural. Really good writing. I think you really get a kick out of it, especially if you. We like pretend that the hockey players are football players. You'd be like, oh, okay, no, that won't make sense now. <laughs> you knew that you had to go that route to really. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to set the hook, man. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but it's on. It's on Hulu. It's it's a it's a fun Canadian show. Uh, that's also quite vulgar and for, full of Perfect. four letter um, words. Um, the, I'll tell. I, I'll, I'll say this, Hoss. This was. And maybe, maybe, maybe we're just maybe, old hat at this anymore. Maybe I'm to blame. This is the second game this season, second week in a row where I started the game late, and both for work related reasons. Get the fuck together, Mahachko. You know what's funny is, at least the Northern Illinois game's a PM kickoff. I'll be home for that one. I know I'm gonna be taped delayed on Michigan. Find find a way. Okay. I'll do my best, boss. Losers make excuses. Winners find a way. Okay. Here you go. Shit. <laughs> now, now it's all on me. Yeah. <laughs> all it right. is all uh, on. You know, you know what though? That's that's this line here, right? That we we're gonna talk about is accountability. Accountability. Um, so I will I'll take this one for the team. I had really man, I I as much as I wanted to beat Wisconsin to start the season 1-0 and 1-0 in the division, 1-0 in the Big Ten. I really wanted to beat Colorado just because Colorado. You know, I almost It's a beautiful state, but I could do without all the people. I almost feel like we, like Colorado, since we started playing them in 2018, they approached this game with like, yeah, they're our rival. They still hate us the same way that they have always hated the loyal opposition you almost have to tip your hat to them you know in a sense they are who they say they are but on our side we are like yeah great rivalry great memories of when we were good we just don't embrace the rivalry aspect just fucking embrace the fact that we fucking hate somebody okay we've done it with iowa and it feels pretty good iowa hate week's a fun thing okay like there's still old folks out there that are like, oh, no, Iowa's not a rivalry. Or Colorado's not a rivalry. The fuck they are. Like, they hate you. You hate them. Right. You know, they beat you a couple times. You you know, we've historically owned them. It's like, it's a rivalry. Congrats. You know, it doesn't need to be, you know, the Hall of Champions, Nebraska-Oklahoma, mutual respect, which is largely a, a 
narrative that OU started pumping when we were just kicking their ass in the nineties, you know. I'm I'm about to take the approach that you're gonna be an equal opportunity asshole. Yes, you're gonna hate everybody equally. Whoever's on the schedule that week, they're our rival. They're my bitter enemy. They're my nemesis. Can we make shirts for the five heart that say E O M F equal opportunity motherfucker? (laughs) I'll talk to John. I'll see what we can work up. I'm sure Um, John would love a shirt like that. By the way, if you're watching this uh, and and or or listening, and you're like, hey, wait a minute, I do like supporting coronation and everything go to copycorn.com uh you can still use the promo code beat cu 23 for 12 percent off uh, wait no you you have until today essentially because the, the deadline for that is september 10th but we'll get you a new promo code in a few days and uh, I asked why it was only 12 percent off uh 2012 the last time we beat him no, i have no idea that's a John thing. I don't know anything. Uh, John, some arbitrary number. And while we're at it, other tickers that uh, um, I can throw up here is I've been told to pump the fact that there's a coordination Discord group, and we want you to be part of the community. And click the link in the video description, although I don't have that link. So that was kind of a moot point. And last but not least, it's only one game. Right, Haas? Yeah, yeah but... Uh... Or is that best time this is gonna be intentionally vague. Best time to plant a tree for shade was twenty years ago. Second best time to do it's right now. Let me uh uh pull some of my current um industry jargon or lingo in. Best time to buy life insurance was twenty years ago. Second best time is right now. And I'll tell you why. Because it. Because you know your health today, but you don't know what tomorrow may be. You could walk off a curb and get hit by a bus tomorrow, buddy. I hope you have some life insurance. Isn't and, that poetic that we're talking about this while we're talking about how many years you got left for us? Well, I, I joke. Uh, so I'm 41. And five years ago when I turned 36, 36 is my favorite uh, two-digit number. Uh, you can thank Yeah, Jerome. I wonder why. Would you like to put that out there? Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis. The bus. Come on, man. You know, he, he, he's he's big guy's got to get love, too. Anyway, uh, when I turned 36, I told my wife, I was like, I want to go skydiving. For my 36th birthday, she's like, hell no. She said, you have a child now? You know, we'd been married for, at that point, you know, 10 years. She's like, no. No. I said, okay. Last year, I brought it up again when I was turning 40. And she's like, just make sure your life insurance is paid up. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it, it talk to a, a well, I'm not going to get into that. Let's, Nebraska, Colorado, 2023 is in the books. Goodness is we get to do it all again next year, Hoss. You know what? We need to get your ass to Lincoln for that one next year. All right, I'll let. Let's see what day that's on. Okay, shall we? Is it out yet? Twenty twenty four, Nebraska. Saturday, September seventh, Colorado. You know what? I can I can do that. Yeah. 
Okay, you know what? Tell John that we're going to use the coordination expense account for buying yes. a couple of great tickets off of uh, StubHub. You know, we'll get you on the court, the SB Nation private jet. You know, let's pump the brakes on that. <laughs> I'll happily we'll get, drive. We'll get you on a Greyhound. All right, we'll get you on the Greyhound that leaves Macomb at uh, 10 a.m. <laughs> shit out of luck. <laughs> um, that would be fantastic. Uh, the Greyhound, we'll, yeah. I don't know about the Greyhound, but we just to get to to link it. Uh, I'm still trying to kick around the idea, although I'm, I'm starting to wonder if, if there's something wrong with me mentally of trying to go see Nebraska-Illinois uh, that Friday night game in October. You should uh, go and you should make a sign that calls out Brett Bielema for some, doing something ridiculous. I They might not want me in the stadium with that like sign. Brett Bielema eats at Denny's. Denny's is the worst, dude. <laughs> you know l- – you know what a liminal space is? Mm-mm. It's a place that, like, you'll be there, but you don't stay there. Airport's a liminal space. Oh, okay. You spend time there, but you, you know, you're not there permanently. You're just passing through. Truck stops are liminal spaces. Yep, gotcha. Denny's is a liminal space. You want to know why? Nobody sets out to go to Denny's. Nobody wakes up on Sunday morning, turns to their wife or girlfriend, and says, "Honey, let's go to Denny's after church." Okay. Yeah. No, you just end up there. Right. You just fortune either works favor favors the the cheap. Yeah, (laughs) it's like your your van, your truck had a blowout on the interstate on a road trip. You're waiting at a Denny's for the tow truck to show up. You know, Uh, yeah, it's a liminal space. So yeah, I think it would just be Brent Bielema eats at Denny's. I like it. I like it. He'd probably get super offended. Because Brett Bielema. Yeah, so would his wife. And you know what? They look at me like, you look like you eat it, Denny's too. I'm like, hey, fuck you. I don't make that much money. Um, all right. <laughs> That's so, so we we, we ended the show on, on a bit of a positive. We talked about the defense a little bit. Um, Ty Robinson was uh, impactful. I mean, like the, the, the front seven were chasing Sanders around. The, the defensive – here's the thing. They had so many, I think, broken plays, Colorado did, that the the Nebraska secondary did a great job initially, but when Sanders started trying to make something happen and extend those plays, that's, I think, where Colorado found more of their success. Um, I This is going to sound bad, probably. Travis Hunter didn't impress me nearly as much as the Weaver kid. Yeah, Weaver, Xavier Weaver is good. Yeah. Uh, Travis Hunter, it's I think he just kind of gets the, oh, he plays both ways like Deion Sanders did, you know, kind of thing. Yippee. I, I did like the fact that we really limited um, – sorry, I'm trying to write something down for future reference at the same time um, for the next week's podcast. No crap. Um, I like the fact that we limited Dylan Edwards, their running back. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest concern heading into the week. And so I think that there's a lot of bright spots on that defense, obviously, at all three levels. The only spot that I have a little bit of reservations about is the safety spots, just because we're a little bit young and inexperienced there. You know, Deshaun Singleton's kind of a first year, seeing this first extended action. Sure. And I'll be really excited when we get Marquez Buford back, you know, off of his knee injury. This defense is good enough to keep us in every game. 
It's just does the offense want to show up to the party at some point? Right. But you know, because that's that's the one thing that's gonna continually hamper this team. And you just have to hope that the offense can figure it out because at some point instead of an in-game, the defense finally kind of gives in, gives up because you know they're not getting any support from the offense. Mm-hmm. You worry also at some point this season if it turns into an issue where just they give up in general game demoralization yeah the just morale so low that there's like what's what's the point anymore you know no that's good and like you said earlier uh the defense is good enough to carry this team to a uh eight nine win season but the offense is just bad enough that it could be a two win season yep so finding that middle area yeah i tell you you find that middle area you're still probably going bowling you know you go six and six, seven and five, something like that. Maybe you limp in at five and seven. Uh, at, at this point, I think Matt Rule would be smart enough to do what Scott Frost did not, and that's take the bowl game, take the practices. Yep. You know, you you have to get better. You these guys, most of them, fairly young and inexperienced. They need the reps. Take the bowl game. Take take the you know take the trip. You know, like you earned it. Like I'm all for. Especially those seniors that have got to hell. These seniors, they you think of have they earned it on the field? Maybe not. But man, have they earned it through pain and suffering? (laughs) I'd say so. We all have. Oh my God. So um that'll probably do it for this week, right? I mean, did you have anything else that you wanted? No, we you know, we covered most of what I think we set out to cover, and I think if we stay on any longer, it'll go from a heated but civilized discussion about everything to, you know, uncivilized. So, and we don't want that. No, no, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta at least, you know, act a little professional here on an, on this podcast. We gotta save some of it for uh, the Five Heart Show. Yeah, for so, John, for John, you gotta save some for John. So. Uh, Haas, always great catching up with you. Uh, next what? week we'll we'll be doing it after a W. Um, Lord willing. Yeah, I mean, just think about this: the last time Northern Illinois came into Lincoln was two thousand seven. Yeah, seventeen. Yeah, we played them again in nineteen. Did we? Yeah, and you we sure? won. Yeah, man, my my memory's so bad. I'm glad you yeah, got a good one. Seventeen. Woof. 17, we lost an athletic director that day. <laughs> I, I don't want to lose Trev on that one. No. Uh, so keep your fingers crossed. And uh, and and I don't know where I was going to say. Powder dry. And we will see you next week uh, for another coordination overreaction uh, here on YouTube on your podcast channels. Uh, this guy over – nope. This guy over here is Hoss Reuter. I'm Greg Mahochko. Until next time, go Big Red. Win the damn game.